Welcome to today's episode of Comeback Chronicles. I'm Sam Fisher, executive coach for Startup Founders. Today, I'm joined by Fenella Scutt. Fenella is finishing up her master's degree in sustainability at Stanford, having already completed her bachelor's in earth systems. Fenella has a focus in food systems, sustainable agriculture, human health, lifestyle medicine, and entrepreneurship, and she's excited to begin an impactful career in sustainable development as soon as she graduates. Fenella grew up in Goole, England, and was recruited to Stanford to play field hockey. I met Fenella when she was a freshman on the team, and I've thoroughly enjoyed watching her compete over the years. I'm really excited to have Fenella on to talk about her unique experience playing for the Stanford field hockey program over the past five years and how that's prepared her for her professional career. We'll get into the details over the next 30 minutes or so, but let's just say her career was filled with some massive ups and downs, and she's handled all of it with incredible grace. I think all of us will learn something from her story. Vanella, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, of course. Glad to be here. So I want to talk about a lot of things with you today, and I think um, hit on some of the themes of you know being a student athlete who's gone through a lot of interesting ups and downs with, with their team and how that kind of is influencing you as you enter the work world, as this is, you know, we're recording this with a few weeks left in your Stanford career. But I think... Um, Maybe let's talk a little bit about some of your your work and, and student interests, and then we'll talk about field hockey, and then we'll kind of bring it all together. Sound good? Sounds great. So you're currently pursuing a master's degree in sustainability at Stanford. Uh, you finished your undergrad in, in Earth Systems, Human Environmental Systems track, um, focus in food systems, sustainable agriculture, human health, lifestyle medicine, and entrepreneurship, and you want to have an impactful career in sustainable development. So where did this interest in sustainability come from? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess it kind of goes all the way back to where I grew up. Um, I was born and raised on a potato farm in the north of England. And so growing up, seeing the way that agriculture um, was approached over there sort of really had me um, wanting to approach the world to impact the environment in some way and be able to like preserve nature. And I studied geography when I was in high school and was intending to go and do a career in that some sort of uh, respect. But um, yeah, when I first came to freshman year in, at Stanford, I knew that I wanted to study the environment in some way and Earth System seemed like the great track. So I sort of just set out from the freshman fall on, on that track. And um, yeah, it's been really re rewarding. Um, I found that a lot of my personal interests have really just intersected with sustainable health, um, nutrition, and food systems in general. Um, and coming back to this sustainable agri agricultural piece, um, it's been yeah, it's been great to feel like fulfilled in what I'm studying academically. No, that that makes a lot of sense, uh, and also really interesting timing for you to be here. I believe the school that you're doing your master's in is, is the newest school at Stanford. It didn't yeah. even exist when you started. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I think we're the first year for the Sustainable Master's Program to be in the new school, which is, yeah, really exciting. Very cool. So uh, one more thing I really want to hear about before we switch over to um, your, your field hockey career for a little bit. I was looking at your LinkedIn, and one of your current jobs is you are a chef at Chef. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I have to hear more about this. How, how did you get started in it, and what's that been like yeah, so far? Yeah, it's actually a really interesting story. So my favorite ever class at Stanford is called Food Design and Sustainability. And last quarter, we heard from a speaker. It's basically an entrepreneurial speaker series where um, people come in who have started food companies um, or working in the food space. And a speaker came in who had started this company called Chef, with an S instead of a C. 
And um, it's basically a platform for anyone who's making food to sell that food to consumers who would enjoy it. Um, and so I thought that's a great opportunity to get involved. I have a lot of things that I like to cook and I would like to share that with other people. And so as a massive overnight oats fanatic, um, probably from like the Stanford Dining, Stanford Athletics, that's really got me going on that overnight oats grind. Um, I thought I would start selling some flavors um, on Chef. And so I've sort of created four recipes so far that all have like an English dessert theme. Um, I've got like banoffee pie. I've got strawberries and cream. I've got English scones. Um, and yeah, I just make these oats mixes and then drop them off at a chef location and they deliver them to the customers for me. So it's early days, but it, it's fun so far. Yeah. That's cool. I love that. Take some of your like academic interests, your hometown, you know, flair, a little bit of your experience being a student athlete, you know, combine all those things together. I exactly. think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. We'll have to talk, talk more about that another time. Now I want to transition to Phil Docky a little bit for those of you uh, who, who don't don't know? I, I've worked with a lot of the the Stanford athletics teams, but one of my favorites and that I've been working with for a long time now is Stanford field hockey. Uh, it, it almost started by accident, where I think there was one year where someone in the athletic department had to take a medical leave of absence right before the season, and I got asked to help out. And it's been so much fun to be around. So I've been the PA announcer and helping with stats and other things for I think uh, every year since 2017. So even a little bit before before uh, you showed up. Um, and I've gotten to see your whole career, which has been really fun. Yeah. So um, I want to hear, so so first let's go back. You joined a team, it's been a pretty consistent, either you know first or near the top of the America East. You come in, you're playing with like Corinne, assisting her on a lot of her goals. And um, team team's pretty great. So can you talk about like those first couple seasons before the, the drama happens and what it was like to play on, on that version of the team? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I came in and um, I'd had a pretty strong career before coming to Stanford. And so it really felt like I just sort of slid right in. Um, and I was really fortunate to be in that position. Um, I had a really great experience actually for the first two years at Stanford. Um, and the team felt like um, it, they welcomed us with open arms and it felt like it had been a very steady process where... Um, a lot of things were already set in stone, like the, the ways we would go about playing the game, um, the different terminologies we would use. Um, and so it was kind of uh, easy for us to all catch on. Um, but I think there was always something missing in that team. And I think we'll maybe talk about that later. But um, yeah, it was like a it, it was a great community. And we had a lot of variety in our strength of players, um, which, yeah, it spoke to some of our successes, I think. No, that makes sense. And then um, I think the thing I alluded to is some of you might know that during the pandemic, Stanford announced pretty early on that they were going to cut 11 of the, the sports and your team was one of them. Um, I know it took everybody's surprise. There have been a lot of conversations about the the way it was communicated and mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the, the, the missteps there. Maybe just for the sake of this podcast, we'll talk a little bit more about like I'd say, so what's your reaction personally? And then what's it like to to be on the team um, that gets that news and have to decide, like, first of all, for yourself, like, what do you want to do next? How are you going to react to that? Do you transfer? Like, was that ever in your mind? Do you stop playing? Like, what, how did you handle that? And then how did you start making some of those difficult decisions where I know you cared about your team, but you also, like, this is your future too. So, So what was that transition like? Yeah, I think this was a really interesting turning point for me in my career because... 
um, I mean, for the first two years at Stanford and coming into Stanford, I did have a vision of like going on and playing field hockey um, to a really high level after Stanford. And um, yeah, with that being my intention, it having our sport cut really felt like I'd been stripped of a core identity. And so having that be during the pandemic too, when we'd already been quite distant from our team, um, it felt really, really difficult to, to stay together. Um, and so reacting that, to that situation, I remember I was like in the back of the car with my family and some of my best friends from England and just like completely broke down. We were on a Zoom call with our, um, with our entire team and you can see everyone's emotions via the screen, but it felt so horrible to not be able to be there in person during this time in the pandemic. So that was a real struggle. And um, yeah, I just had to start to find ways that, um, or think about my future in terms of not having field hockey for the next few years at Stanford, reminding me why I'd come to Stanford in the first place, which for a big part of it was field hockey. Um, and so I suddenly had to, I mean, this is where I started to find more interest in my sustainability and academic paths because, um, yeah, I had to figure out a life outside of just field hockey and that identity that I'd built for myself growing up <laughs> for the last 15 years. Yeah, no, that, that it's a, a big trend. It reminds me, the only thing I can think of that it reminds me of a little bit is I've had some friends who at similar ages, similar points in their career have serious injuries. Yeah. And it, it almost felt like where it, it wasn't a part of the plan. It's out of your control. It, it severely changes the the outlook looking forward, but um, you know how you deal with it can have a, a huge effect in both your your athletic career and then also the career afterwards. Yeah. So, um, let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, the the season gets delayed because of COVID. It's it's normally a fall sport. You end up playing in the spring while your team is doing a bunch of activism with the other sports trying to get back. But um, all the messaging out there says pretty much no chance that the team is coming back. So so. How do you, I'd say first as an individual, because you know, you're, you're a junior on the team, you are, are one of the leaders, but, but as an individual performer, um, how do you tune out that noise and still bring your best? Yeah, I think this, as an individual on a team, like you're always going to be part of the team. And we had a lot of emotions that were collectively fueling us. And so having teammates to lean on was a really crucial part of this. Like, um, yeah, I think a, a lot of our individual players and just as a team in general, we are fueled by anger and frustration at the system, really. And um, we're just asking why, why is this happening to us? Um, trying to find solutions to it, but also like knowing that it was something that was almost out of con control. And our job was just to go out and be our best. And we knew that if we could um, stand up for ourselves and we could go out and put on a great show, that that was all we could really do. Um, and we were doing as much as we could behind the scenes as well, but ultimately going out on the field and putting in a great performance and working so hard um, to prove why we'd wanted to be a student athlete in the first place um, was that felt like that was what we could do to make a change. Yeah. And so there was a various other things that we did while we were on the field to show um, collective unity and strength um, and just to remind everyone that we were playing for each other. And this was like a community of girls, not only just for one team at Stanford, but like bringing field hockey to the West of the U S um, we just had a lot of pride in that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I find it amazing. I think a lot of teams could have splintered during that time. 
And I think even just like one, COVID was hard on everybody. Two, like you're still actually doing all your classes. You have all the demands still of being being a student athlete. Um, plus, you're trying to play at a high level, and you're you're doing all this extra activism, all this extra stuff behind the scenes. But it seemed like it, it brought your team together, and you had you know one of the best seasons in the program's history. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think also on that, like it wasn't enough to just show up. You know, you have to be showing up and giving the extra mile that you've got, even if you're not feeling your best at that moment. Like having one more season in the foreseeable future um, just really meant we had to like push and push each other, which I think contributed a lot to our success that year. Yeah, and then maybe taking like one like meta step back. Uh, one of the reasons why I'm having this conversation now, and I think why uh, people will be particularly interested in this story right now is is a lot of startups a lot of tech companies are really struggling and it's a hard time to be working uh in a lot of um a, a lot of these types of companies where you are a team and uh, a lot of the plans have been kind of ripped out from under you by factors out, out of your out of your control um but i just i think i want to hopefully provide a little bit of, of of motivation and inspiration and i i think um, I'm hoping that this story will for people out there who are, who are going through this and whether they've lost their job or have lost a lot of people that they work with. Um, so, so I guess what I want to hear is how good did it feel to win that championship while facing all of this? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think in that moment, winning really felt like weird we'd not so much overcome this struggle because it was still something that was facing us, but we, we had done something for ourselves that we could feel proud in. We could feel proud in the work that we'd put towards it and we were rewarded in the end. Um, and while like we, I, I don't know if I can tell a little bit of the story, but we had taped out Stanford on our shirts and that was like a big movement that we'd had because we were playing for us. Our cheer was like, um, three, two, one, us, uh, rather than like go card. And, um, yeah, there was just a lot of community around that. And so, yeah, I think after repeatedly sending emails and letters to athletic departments, um, trying to rally as many people together to get funds together, um, and we were repeatedly told no, that was really, really difficult, but we had our, our teammates to lean on, our alumni to lean on, and also the other sports teams who had been cut. And the fact that other sports teams kept pushing through too almost gave us the energy to keep pushing through. And so I think winning that, going back to winning that championship, I think that also um, not only fueled our team, but fueled the other teams to continue working um, and just provided that extra bit of motivation that maybe was part of the change in, in the final decision to let us stay. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Like finding that camaraderie, um, mm -hmm. like if, 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 where you can find it, where it used to be like a lot of pride in the university representing, like when that kind of got taken away, when, when um, you know, they cut you, um, you, you found pride in, in playing for each other and playing for the other teams that were facing uh, similar stuff. I, I like that lesson a lot. I think honestly, like you winning that championship would have been a happy ending. Um but instead, like you said, like the team actually gets reinstated and which is which is amazing. Um, but your reward is new staff, really small roster because you hadn't been able to recruit 
Uh, no, no one's coming to start their career when the team has announced they're getting cut. So uh, I believe you had 12, so 11 people play at a time in field hockey. I believe you had 12 people on the team the next year, new coaching staff and uh, no goalie on yeah. the team when he started. So w- tell me about that transition. You, he's like, you, we did it. We got every, we, we won the championship. We got the team back. Isn't this amazing? And then surprise, like your reward is, is this. Yeah. How, how do you, like, how quickly were you able to, to go from like sad to happy to transition? Like, like what is that? And it's also a short off season. It's also rather than going from fall to fall, you know, your, your season ends at the end of the spring and, and you're playing games in a few months. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, yeah, having one thing turn into another, turn into another, and suddenly we're just thrown in the dust. Um, with It felt like nothing to hold on to as players. Um, a lot of it really came down to the new coaching staff. And Roz came in and she knew what she wanted. She wanted to build a culture with us all, and we all needed to buy into that. And having gone through everything that we had done, um, it almost felt like that was even less of a challenge than getting there in the first place. And we'd stuck through um, with our team and we were willing to build build back from what we had left. And so um, that fall, I remember I, because we had had internships lined up because we thought we weren't even going to have field hockey. And so I didn't even make it to the first two weeks of preseason, um, which was crazy for me to then come into this team that had had a two-week culture of like 10 players they'd played I think maybe two games without this goalkeeper and had done surprisingly well um and so that whole first fall was really just focused on us like how could we um lay the foundations for the program to be able to grow over the next 5 10 20 years um with Roz as their lead um and just really create this great culture of like community and love and growth and continue to challenge each other every day um, because that's all you can do I mean 99% of it is just the off um, off the field stuff and practicing and the game is just one extra um, cherry on the top and so it's really everything that went in behind the scenes that was the turning point I think yeah no that that makes sense I will say though I, I, I definitely can picture I think there was a game that fall where there had been fires in the area, like the air quality was was bad. It might have been like 100 degrees. And, and for those of you who don't know, field hockey's played on the turf where it gets really hot. And you you have barely enough players to field a team. The other team can sub like crazy. Yeah. Is there a moment in there? like? And, and you're also coming, like you said, you had to come back, miss some of preseason. I'm sure you were working out. But it's like not the same when you're, when you're not working yeah. out with your teammates. Like, Is there a moment in you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this? Yeah. I mean, almost every time we would walk out on the field, it's like we were looking at it with a positive attitude, but it's like, this is hilarious. We don't have a goalkeeper and we don't have any subs. And you look at the Cal bench and they have 30 players ready to run on. And so um, it felt good in some ways, though, because it was a new style of field hockey that we were playing. You know, we have 11 players out on the field. Um, Teams aren't used to strategizing against that. And so often we found that in the first half of a game, at least, we would have the upper hand. And if we could use that to our advantage, get a couple goals in the net before they had the chance to figure us out. Um, yeah, it was a really fun and interesting way to approach the game for a little while. Yeah, I like that scrappiness. I think that that's one thing that I was hoping also for people who are listening who are not sports people or anything, like how how, how do you take um, good lessons away from this? Like, 
you're a team, you're a, a company, a startup, uh, who just lost 40% of your people, 60% of your people. Like, how do you keep going? Like, how do you, um, how do you push through it? How do you find joy? How do you, um, I know a lot of companies are like, Oh, we're, we're, we're close to our IPO. We're close to this milestone. And then that milestone just gets like completely ripped away and you have to set different milestones, different goals. So your coach, Roz, you've mentioned her and and her being a good leader. How how did she lead during this period where previously, you know, it was like, all right, win a championship, you know, win and compete, try to win win an NCAA tournament game, to um, setting milestones, setting goals, making it it fun, and making like you're actually making progress. When um, I guess competitively, you've taken this big step back uh, due to having just this small roster and and having uh, lost two seasons of recruiting. Yeah, um, I think a lot of it was how we impro- approach the unexpected. Um, so she knows what we've been through. She she came in and was very clear with, um, I, I know what this team has been. Um, I know that you've had different ways that you've gone about um, field hockey and we're going to start afresh and I'm here to build the program with you and do you all buy in? And we all said yes and we all agree that we're just going to... Um, or not scrap everything and forget everything that we've learned, but like we're going to start now to create a better future for ourselves. And so she came in and a lot of our time in preseason, I mean, we're very fortunate at Stanford to have like a good almost six, seven weeks before we even start school. And so um, we're just just playing field hockey, just focusing on the team. So during that time, um, going on trips and Um, having time on campus, we would do a lot of team building activities that might not necessarily be field hockey. And so that had the intention or like the goal, as you say, of just um, creating tight bonds between every individual and between the coaches too. And so that we can all feel empowered and supported. Um, I think empowerment is a really crucial piece in this. And it's something that Roz has been absolutely incredible at. Um, She's not only like being able to empower the teammates, but encourage us to empower uh, each other and really just own our greatness. Um, and I think that has really allowed the team in general to be able to take risks and be stronger communicators. Um, and so a lot of the goals that we were setting that season wasn't necessarily for these outcomes, but it was how can we become better people and not just better players, but people that can learn crucial skills that will be applicable for a future and whatever we may decide to undertake um and so that's ultimately the goal of being a student athlete in some ways but it can be um forgotten when all you're focusing on is the next game um but of course at the end of the day like we do having a season of two games a week like it's one game at a time and if one if we have one loss we can use that to fuel the next win that's cool yeah, no, I, I think uh, it, it's been fun to watch over the last two years. The team, um, I think, like stay focused, stay motivated, have a lot of fun uh, and and rebuild. Mm-hmm. I think it's been really interesting. And I think it's it's funny. I want to have Roz on for one of these. And I've been I've been chatting with her and she was lamenting with me that she she thought that the last two years that, you know, that you were here were going to be, you know, the rebuild. And I think she's realizing that she still has the rebuild in front of her because uh, she just doesn't have any age on the team. Now yeah. she's getting to the gap because the people younger than you by a couple of years uh, weren't um, weren't coming because the team had been cut. So there's like a, that's the gap right now. It's like the juniors and seniors. So uh, it's fascinating talking to her about the challenges she she has ahead. So I want to now transition talking about the challenges you have ahead. So um, are are you done done with hockey now? 
No, definitely not. I will continue to play hockey for as long as I can. Um, both of my parents back home actually have recently taken up hockey in probably the last 10 years. Um, and so I see them playing age, you know, 53. <laughs> um, and so I'll, I'll continue to play when I go home. I'm not entirely sure what the system looks like for um, the US, but I, I can find games here and there. And um, it's always going to be a big part of my life. That's great. No, that's really great. And I want to know a little bit more. We talked at the beginning of the show uh, about your interests in sustainability, how you've developed these interests. I know it, it can be really tough for a student athlete to, especially your sport with how early it starts in the summer and Stanford schedule to get work experiences. It looks to me like you've actually done a really nice job first that summer when you thought the team was going to get cut. And then um, since your your season's ended of, of filling in as, as many work experiences as you can. So how are you feeling about um, like your work experience heading into the next step? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'm actually, it, it's interesting you ask that because I'm in the process of trying to apply for different jobs. I have nothing lined up quite yet. Um, but I I really think I can lean on the experience of, experiences I've had. Um, that first summer, or I guess it was my sophomore summer, I was it was COVID, so I was able to do a remote internship, which was really useful to get that Um and then obviously, yeah, the the summer where we thought we'd been cut. And then since then, I've been able to just like have little experiences here and there. I think a really great part about the degrees that I've done um, is that they encourage uh, internships and experience. Like that's part of that's a crucial part of almost gaining credit for the bachelor's and the master's. And so I've had a really recent um, great experience uh, for my master's. Um, doing a little bit of work in the in San Francisco and also just hybrid work and it's been um a great great thing to lean on when I'm now approaching my future ahead um and just sort of sort of starting to figure out what I enjoy what I don't enjoy and what sort of a life I might want to build for myself very nice yeah do you do you have a sense yet on like what kind of role you think brings out the best in you or is that part of the discovery of the next few years yeah, I think it's definitely going to unfold the more the more that I do. Um, but even just over this year, I've gone through a bit of a transition. Um, I'm Since I'm doing the sustainability masters, I assumed that that would push me into maybe a environmental or sustainable consulting role. Um, and just as I've gone through the rest of the year and seeing some of my friends going to do consulting, um, I'm not so sure that that would be for me. Um, but I guess every co every company is different, right? And so I think as a student athlete as well, I'm very much about lifestyle balance. And um, if there's a company that has values and purpose that really align with my own values and purpose, then um, I see that as a much better fit for me. Um, and so I'm really trying to stay true to my, my values um, and look for experiences that I can just enjoy the process because at the end of the day, you know, you, you reach a goal um, and then you just look to the next thing. And it, so everything ultimately comes down to the process. And if I can enjoy my day to day, then I know I'm doing something right. I'm going to ask a, a two-part follow-up. First, how do the experiences of, of playing hockey, being a student athlete at a high level, and going through all, all the ups and downs, different experiences, different coaching styles of these last five years, like how are they preparing you to be a great employee at your next job? That's a good question. <laughs> um, and it's actually funny you say that because I recently took a class where um, 
it it was a career, a class about designing your future career and you had to take all your different experiences and extracurricular activities and sort of write down a list of the skills that they would bring you um for any other job in the future and field hockey had double the amount of any other experience I had done which I guess is unsurprising but you just wouldn't think about that um it's these skills that you develop without even realizing and so I think after my experience at Stanford, adaptability is going to be massive. Um, just being able to not only juggle many different things at once, but something is thrown at you and then you're, you're immediately problem solving to figure out how you're going to approach this challenge and break it down, simplify. Um, you're leaning on different other teammates to help figure that out together um, and like many hands make light work. So I think I'm a big collaborator ever since um, being a fit on the field hockey team. Um, <laughs> and again, of course, like being an student athlete, um, time management is huge. I think I'm someone that likes to make a schedule, even if there's not nothing to be scheduled. Um, and so that just really allows me to be a lot more efficient. I think I'm really in tune with my, my own mind and body too. And I know um, when I can work best and when it's time to take a break. Um, and so I really hope that that in the future world will be, or people will recognize that and sort of allow me to have the freedom to design my days so that I can be the most effective worker and also have the most impact on their organization. Um, but yeah, being an athlete brings you so many skills like and communication and just like the bravery to just like go out and try something, um, something that maybe like a lot of, a lot of companies don't, don't do enough. So yeah. And then my, my follow-up, um, and this might be a little harder to answer, but I, I think is important. Fast forward 10, 20, 30 years when you're like a leader of one of these organizations, how much do you think your, your hockey experience and your experience of the last five years will um, shape the way you lead? Yeah, I think um, to be in one of those roles, I would definitely take a lot of inspiration from um, – coaches I've had and how they've handled different situations and so um, like Roz and the current coaching staff are, are a great inspiration for that um, and I've recognized that it's all about building team culture um, and how effectively can people work together um, to yeah to achieve success ultimately and so whether that's collaborating with um, collaborating outside of an organization or um, creating teams to be like their most creative selves, um, just giving people the freedom um, to to bring their own personal touches to the work that they're doing. Um, and yeah, just finding their flow. I mean, we talk a lot about finding flow in field hockey, that, that state where like you're almost not even thinking, you're just doing, but um, because you've repeatedly done something so many times, it just feels natural. Um, and so, yeah, finding ways to, to help people uh, think about their, their own wellness too and their health and wellness and how can they balance that lifestyle with their working lifestyle to really show up and be their best. That's great. I, I have to say I've loved watching Fenella and her five years on the farm. She plays with a ton of hustle and poise. She's a dedicated team player. I mean, um, I, I didn't mention this, but – I actually ran into Fenella when she was practicing with the team, even after her Stanford career had ended because she wanted to help out because the team didn't actually have enough players to to effectively practice and play their their spring season. 
Um, she's navigated these ups and downs with Grace, and I'm really excited to see what she does next. Uh, if you're listening to this and, and are hiring talented young people in the sustainability space, you should reach out to Fenella on LinkedIn or comment on this post wherever you see it. Tag me. Uh, I'll make sure we make that connection happen. But Fenella, thank you so much for joining, for being here, and for all that you've brought the last five years. Thank you so much. And thank you for being a dedicated field hockey <laughs> commentator. I'll be I'll be back out there again this fall and hope that you're you're close enough that you can come out and, yeah, and watch some games. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Comeback Chronicles. I'm Sam Fisher, an executive coach for startup founders and other tech leaders. If you or anyone you care about could use extra support in their career right now, I'd love to help. Whether you need help with your current job or are looking for coaching to land a new role, you can sign up for a free 30-minute discovery call through my website, and we can get started right away. My website is cardcoachsam.com, or you can reach out to me at cardcoachsam at gmail.com. Stay tuned for more episodes of The Comeback Chronicles coming your way soon. If you know someone whose story would be a good fit for the podcast, leave a comment or send me an email. I'm always looking for more stories to tell.